All right, we are live. What's going on, everyone? It is Michael McDonald here, your host of the Rocket REI Life podcast. I am pumped today because I have an amazing guest on here. Um, her name is Kimberly Marie. Kimberly is actually a uh, doctor of physical therapy. Uh, she's a published model and astute real estate investor based in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, she's currently working on a 37-unit ground-up development and um, is completing a 27-unit or has completed a 27-unit um, renovation in downtown Indianapolis, which is super awesome. So um, welcome to the podcast, Kimberly. Yeah, thank you for the intro and thanks for having me. I'm pumped to be here. Absolutely. I'm excited. So uh, while people are kind of hopping on here... Um, just a reminder that if anyone's watching, obviously it's a live podcast. So, you know, answer, ask questions throughout and we'll do our best to answer them. But for people who don't know who Kimberly is, uh, who are you and uh, how did you get started in, in this real estate thing? Yeah. So um, I live in Indianapolis, Indiana. I've lived here for about 11 years, originally from Chicago, Illinois. And I originally got started in investing with flipping homes. Um, because I just wanted a large lump sum of cash to pay off my student debt. So um, I did a couple houses. And then in that process, I kind of transitioned out of flipping into buy and hold um, to do something a little bit more hands off. And then once I had a couple buy and holds under my belt, I then transitioned again into what I'm doing now, which is a multifamily commercial. Um, so you said I finished the 27 unit. I haven't yet. I have it under contract. Um, but that has been taking up a ton of my time. Um, so that one is going to be a little bit different um, because it is a 27 unit, um, but I'm going to be converting it into 18 units and it's going to be a total complete overhaul of the building. So um, I'm going to kind of take my background from flipping homes um, for the last three, four years to kind of flipping a building now. So that's kind of new for me, but that's where that's where I came from and that's where I'm at now. That's incredible. So thanks for breaking that down. So there's a lot to dissect there, right? You know, yeah, <laughs> uh, I mentioned so you're a doctor of physical therapy, so you're still working full time, right? Not full time. I'm part time now. So I work three days a week in the clinic, Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, and then Thursday, Friday and the weekend, I'm doing my real estate stuff. Awesome. Awesome. So David Topin says Queen of Indy. You must be making a pretty big dent in the Indianapolis market, obviously. Right. So um, at any rate, uh, basically, uh, you, you know, you're, you're working full time and then you just slowly started working into real estate. So you started with single family homes and you built, built that up first. And yeah. if I remember right, I think when I was taking notes is you actually manage all of your properties. I manage all of my single family. Um, but my, so I have one large, well, larger multifamily. It's a 23 unit. That one I don't manage. It's managed by a third party. But my single families are all within like a mile and a half of where I live, like this current home that I'm in. And so I know like the tenant demographic really well because it's like me and people my age and do what I like to do, have my type of income type of thing. And they're so close to me. And then I have like three Airbnb units also. Well, four Airbnb units actually. So it's just kind of easier for me to just do my single family because I, I had it from so long ago. But um, I'm, I'm not going to be doing that forever. I'm going to transition that out at some point. But for now, yeah. it's fine. <laughs> gotcha. So I know you said you're busy, obviously, like with all this stuff going on. So like, 
how do you balance like the time of doing you know your physical therapy and managing rental properties and a development like how do you do it <laughs> yeah so i think um and i know you said a lot of your audience has w2 jobs still um so for me i think it's it's tough, but it's not like that tough because for me, I have a really big passion in real estate and I truly love it. So I, I like, it's like anyone's passions. They do it whether they want to or not. Right. And so like this, like this new building that I have under contract, for instance, I've literally been working till midnight. It's been unreal. Like just so much, I'm getting like migraines, like so much stress, but it's like, I really love it. And I really believe in that deal. I know it's going to do great. I have the background for it. It's just like getting all of these ducks in a row. And so for me, it's kind of like my only option. Like I have to get everything done. I have to do it. And so, um, I guess I'm really good with time management, I suppose. Um, when I'm in the clinic, I'm in the clinic. Um, I'm lucky that if I get a, I'm an outpatient. So if I get a cancellation, I'm pretty much just free and I'm really efficient with my paperwork in the clinic. So then I can like hop on emails and take a couple phone calls and my, my lunch break, I can do that stuff too. So I guess just, if you have the drive, just got to be really efficient with your time to fit it all in. It's so true. And like for, for, I know for me personally, when I uh, get out of the job, um, I almost felt like I had too much time. It's like, well, what do I do with all this time? But then you get busy and you find busy things to do. So when you have like less time to focus, you have to be efficient with your time. So that's that's great advice for sure. And so, um, that, so, so I didn't mention this, but I want to talk about this because I think this is super, super cool is like you also have been a part of the fitness industry. Is that correct? Yeah, that was my very first business when I was in college while I was still in school and grad school and all that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I can resonate with that because my wife was in the uh, fitness industry as well. But um, can you talk about that a little bit? I know this is a real estate podcast, but I want to I want to kind of uh, backtrack over to that if, if you don't mind, because I think it's it's cool to hear your story on like the opportunities that that fitness uh, kind of led to for you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, when I was in school um, to be a physical therapist, um, I had a fitness business. So I was a personal trainer through college. And it was like good because I can see clients within my schedule for classes and practice and everything, because I was on the tennis team too. And um, so I competed, I did figure at the time, like, seven years ago, it was not as like large as it is now. Like I'm, I'm a very small frame. So, um, after, and I did really well in my shows. And so I got a lot of attention. So, um, I figured I was like, okay, well, I'm going to start doing photo shoots and start like marketing myself. So, um, from that and from my clients, I, um, modeled the biggest name I ever modeled for was Adidas. I was in three seasons of their catalog. And then from there is when I got a lot more publicity. So actually, um, one of the head photographers and editors of the gun industry found me. And then they pretty much said, would you be willing to like learn how to be trained in firearms? And this was in 2011. And so I was like, I don't know. I'm from Chicago. They're not really allowed where I'm from. I've never held one in my life, but let's go. And um, him and I hit it off and I did really well. And so I worked with him pretty consistently um, he moved away now. He lives in Arizona. I still do a couple of little things here and there if I go out there. But um, yeah, it just kind of kept leading one thing to another. And it, it really, most of my income was coming from like my clients. Like I was doing online clients and um, nutrition, things like that. Um, but it, it just kind of was super random and <laughs> led to a lot of different things. 
That's awesome. So the the fitness led to sponsorship by Adidas and kind of doing some things for them, and then and then that opened up an opportunity for the the guns. So right. you were you were kind of learning how to shoot guns, and then throughout that, didn't you kind of uh, start to write? write articles for them too as well? Yeah. So I started as just a model for them and I was pretty much like his right-hand girl for like anything he needed. Um, cause I had a unique look. I was, I, I was easy to run the guns and so all that. And, and I, I got along with him really, really well. So it started with me just modeling for his, um, articles that he would write. Then after like a couple years, he's like, why am I writing the articles for your photos? You as a female, small frame, you know, you should be saying this from a female's perspective. There's not enough females in the industry. So he's like, here, like, try this AR, write a little excerpt and, you know, I'll see how you do. And I was like, okay, I mean, sure. And he put a little excerpt in his next article and he's like, hey, so here's a gun from Kimber. Go ahead and write an article and t test it out. Here, here are all these pieces of a gun. Go build an AR and write about it. Here is this ammo. Go test it and write about it. And so I was literally building firearms. I was testing ammo. I was running guns and I was doing everything like right alongside him and writing it from like a female's perspective. So it was really cool. Probably the coolest thing I got to do was build my own AR, like completely that, custom. I'm totally jealous. Like that's incredible. <laughs> I've always wanted to build my own. Um, I don't have one, but it's, uh, I'll definitely have to ask for your advice when I get to that point. Man, I it is not easy. I remember looking at the table and there were like springs and screws everywhere. I was like, this is so overwhelming. <laughs> so, so shout out Ballistic Advantage in Florida because they pretty much sponsored the whole thing and helped me put it together. So <laughs> awesome. Ballistic Advantage in Florida. Okay. Yeah. Well, take, take notes of this here. Free for shout sure. out. So, um, awesome. So that that experience sound is just incredible like super unique right like you don't hear that very often but um it had to have been a lot of fun so then uh was that before you got into real estate then yeah that was before, before. so i started real estate in 2015 and my first photo shoot in the gun industry was 2011 and so i've always kind of been entrepreneurial like i said my first business was the fitness business and then it just kind of like kept going and when in 2015, that's when I graduated and I was like, okay, it's time to be an adult. I guess I'll buy a house. And so from my first um, home that I purchased as a primary residence, it was in a really great area of Fountain Square or a really great area of Indianapolis named Fountain Square. So okay. I was really in the right place at the right time for Indianapolis to be gentrifying because I just saw all of the new stuff going up around me and I saw an opportunity and I was like, hey, I could really, you know, do this. I can buy a house and flip it. Cause I was like walking. It wasn't just like that random, by the way, I was like a psycho. Like I walked every single house in my area done or undone vacant on the market, off the market. So I felt like I had a really good grasp of what people were looking for around here. So that's kind of how it happened. <laughs> gotcha. So you moved into the area, then you started seeing all these opportunities and you're like, I'm going to, I'm going to flip a house. And so how yeah. did that first, like, <laughs> How did that first deal go? Because that's scary. You're like jumping into a flip for the first time is, is terrifying. So uh, did it just like go super smooth and all the contractors were great and like the money lined up and everything like that or no? Not quite. And honestly, now that I'm going through this 27 unit, I'm having a lot of flashbacks to that time. <laughs> it's like, I remember when I felt like this and this is my very first flip I ever did because it was, it wasn't a flip that you would normally hear about someone first doing like paint the walls replace the floor. I was, I took it down. I did 60 inches under the ground, replaced the foundation, um, 
like literally kept only exterior walls. Like every single thing was new, new subfloor, new everything. So, and I did like the nicest stuff I could find, like smart home system, like Italian career, marble, Spanish cream and Marco marble in the mud room, like ridiculous stuff. But um, I felt like it was a risk, but I, again, I really understood my neighborhood. And to this day, I think that's why I'm, I'm able to do so well in Indianapolis is because I'm not the greatest at numbers and looking at the spreadsheets and the analytics and all this stuff behind it, but I'm really good at seeing the things that people wouldn't see normally like that. Like, of course the numbers have to like match and line up, but from there, how do you know? Right. So I met every single neighbor. I've, like I said, I've walked all the houses. So I kind of had a general understanding of what was going on in my area and I bought it. I was a consumer before I was ever an investor. So I knew right. what people were looking for. And for me, it was impossible to find a garage, a fenced in yard, you know, good finishes that was within a certain price point. So I knew that I could build a product that could be really great. And it was just over the line of people thinking it was sketchy at the time. And I realized after going there every day for like three months that it was like two houses that was making an entire area look bad. It was not the whole area. So I bought those two houses, <laughs> knocked them out and then flipped those two. And so now the area is completely different. That's amazing. So it's like a, what, class B, would you say area? Like, or class A even? Uh, I would say it's B um, because it's interesting because you can have a $650,000 house, right? And then you'd be right next to like $120,000 house that's like falling over. So it just kind of depends right now. A lot less of that, like you're not seeing as many of the houses that need work because a lot of investors have bought it and are turning it around. Um, but yeah, I would say probably B class for that reason. And also yeah. there's like a ton of other like commercial developments still going on, like like big condo complexes, um, apartments, mixed use, new restaurants going in still. So there's a lot of cranes in the sky here. So gotcha. So yeah, it's not I mean, you found a diamond in the rough, actually two diamonds in the rough right there, right? And it sounds like you did the house really nice, but you you probably didn't maybe maybe you did, maybe you didn't, correct me if I'm wrong, but you probably didn't go too far over the top. Like if, if this would have been in a C neighborhood where the houses were not granite countertops or not like nice, nice, then you might have been too far into it. But because it was such a nice area and it could demand maybe a little more upgrades. Yeah. Did it, did it all kind of turn out uh, consistent or you are you the nicest house on the street? No. So what happened was back then, it was the only one over there. But I, like I said, there were a couple bad houses. I ended up buying literally. So if this is the house, I bought the one next door on both sides, the ones and all three like across. So I literally like bought the entire 900 block of the street. So when people were coming in and I was, it was so funny. I still remember the one right next door. I was like rushing my contractor to get a dumpster on site and start demo. Cause I'm like, dude, if people come to this open house, they need to see work being done here. Can you just like knock off the roof really quick? So um, it was the only house. Um, but when people came through, I was able to say, Hey, I know this doesn't look the greatest right now, but literally every house surrounding you is the same developer. And I had drawings. I was like, here's the, the similar finishes. You see what finishes are in this home. It's going to be similar across the street. So it wasn't that hard of a sell. Um, and especially to the ones that weren't leaving that didn't look the greatest. I was able to say, Hey, here's whoever's name and whoever like because I knew everyone over there and it, it really was not that hard at the time so took a little Got bit of work, not that bad. so so when you say marketing like people are walking through it like were you trying to pre-sell it kind of before it was even 
finished? Haven't yeah, I had an open house every single week so people could come by. And it, I, we started once drywall was up. And then so from painting, flooring, we had one a week so the neighbors can come through and see. Did it? Uh, did you just have like a ton of applicants then? No, it wasn't like it was. I think it was more so like a neighborhood thing. Like, hey, like I know no one wants to come over here, but come see what we're doing and come meet the neighbors type of thing. Because this uh, was like back in 2017. So it wasn't like back then it wasn't like the beautiful neighborhood it is now. Like I'm actually in one of the houses that I, I built at, or bought at the time. So the first house I ever flipped is now across the street from me, <laughs> which is kind of cool. Oh, that's but, hilarious. That's awesome. Most people probably can't say that about their rental property, right? After yeah. being in business for a few years, but that's, that's awesome. So you, you had the idea of probably having better clientele, which probably helps with management, I would imagine. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, I sold that house. So all my flips I've sold. So, okay. yeah, so, so I, what, sorry, what, what does it look like now then for you? Like, what's your, what's your portfolio look like at this time? I know you're working on this development, right? But yeah, so, so current units that I have is about 40 in Indianapolis. Um, the largest under one roof is 23 units and the rest are single families, duplexes, Airbnbs kind of just sprinkled through there. Um, but yeah, so that 37 unit development is, is completely separate. So that is still in the works. It is in Fountain Square in my same area. And what had happened was, which is hilarious because I kind of did this on this street now. Like I bought like a bunch of houses on the street. I bought like all of the land on like the east side of like the 1700 block of a street, except for one house who a really good friend of mine who was my roommate for four years. I was like, hey, you should probably buy this house and rent it out. And she's like, okay, cool. Cause she's lived with me for so long. She's like, I'll do whatever you say. So she owns that house. And then there's one house on the other end of the street that I have as a rental now too. And so every piece of land in between I own. So me and then two of our friends and then a builder right now are going to partner and develop on all of that parcel. So 37. Wow. So because it's zoned residential right now, we have to go to the city and get like a variance and say, Hey, can we make this into commercial? And here's, we have to like present all of our stuff. And so it's kind of been, we don't have like an exact drawing of the building yet. So, but we, cause we don't want to go that far and spend all that money if they're not going to let us do it. So it's right. super early stages. Um, but we, we got it to the city and we're waiting to hear back. So that's where we're at. That's awesome. So that's cool that it's so close to you. I didn't realize that, that it's actually like right there. So, yeah. And that's why I have so much confidence in it because I believe in this area I've lived here and I, I built stuff here. I personally invest here and live here. So, you know, it's easy when you, understand it like that you know oh for sure so one thing that comes to my mind is like i do a lot of uh just flipping and wholesaling so we're just finding the properties finding the deals and then quickly going in and out of them as fast as possible but we also have some apartments but one thing that comes to my mind is like for me development is kind of intimidating and i'm like where do i even get started so for you like what what would you give as advice for like somebody who wants to get into development, uh, where, do, where do you even start? Yeah, that's a good question because when I started this, I didn't know either. Um, but what kind of led me to it to begin with was, um, so you said that you have a couple apartments too. With like this whole year, I mean, up until this 27 unit, I just got under contract. I did not buy anything since January of 2019. And that's not because I wasn't looking. I was looking every day and I was crawling through places with my broker like all the time. It's just the numbers aren't working. So it's like, for instance, I um, there was like a 67 unit 
kind of in the hood on the east side, not that great of an area, like C minus area, C minus building that needed a ton of work. It, it was like a C minus building and they were wanting like a five and a half cap for it. And I'm like, huh? Like how are people paying these numbers? And then I'm always like, this will never sell. And then it does. And then there was a 30 unit that was like a C, B minus ish that I was outbid by a half a million dollars. I was like, who this? And I, I had maybe like 50 grand of flex in my, in my offer. Like five right. so I'm like, okay, if I'm going to be paying this much, like this much of a premium from what people are paying right now with COVID or whatever the times, I don't know, but why would I not just build my own? So then I was like, okay, if I build a really nice, you know, B plus A minus asset, 37 units, Amazon lockers, separate HVACs, you know, like hospital grade filtration. So no COVID stuff, you know, potential rooftop, all this stuff. Cause you can have a view of the city. Why, like, what does that look like for costs? And so I, you know, went to the builder and, you know, was like, Hey, have you ever done this? What do you think? And though, so it was kind of just like a one step at a time, like, Hey, let's look at what this would cost. Okay. Then pull up the same spreadsheets that I'm using for running the numbers on my apartments and plug this in as though it's a development, does this work? And so really for development, the only difference was obviously higher price to entry, but then like the first couple of years, you're not making any money versus if you are buying something that's already cash flowing, you're gonna cash flow right out the gate. So um, to go back to like how I learned about it, it was just kind of like one step at a time, I guess. But then if you know, um, like the guy who just commented, David Tupin, he has a real estate group and he is um, developing a software called Real Estate Lab. And he has a real estate lab community that um, about 100 of us meet a couple times a week and we hop on. We're a part of a discord group and we can bounce ideas off each other like, hey, who's gone through this? Hey, what do you guys do for this? And we're kind of all in it together and we're all from all over the, the world, really. There's like a lot of international people in that group. And so just a lot of resources, like people helping people um, that I found myself in a lot of those situations. So I've just been kind of like trying to be a sponge, learning from everyone who's done it and podcasts and all that stuff. That's awesome. He typed in R-E-L. David typed in R-E-L. What's, what's R-E-L? Yeah, R-E-L is Real Estate Lab. That's his oh, that's right. community and then it's um, the software that he's coming out with. That's amazing. So real estate lab that rings a bell now i think i think i should probably uh talk to david about the real estate lab but um that's kind of that's exciting stuff so thanks for thanks for breaking it down so it really it sounds like it's like just like getting started to flip a house like you want to surround yourself with the right people and kind of just ask the right questions right and just um just just get into it you got to get started to to do it exactly so, yeah just start with like just educating yourself little by little it's like because if you think of like because i did the same thing i would need a developer like oh my god you're developing like what like what do you even do but then it's like okay like if you are actually going to do it what like really what is step one like okay well like find the land okay does the land make sense okay well what does it even cost to build and then it's like once you kind of break it down like step by step rather than looking at the huge end it's like super overwhelming but one by one it's like hey this isn't so bad you know, and then there's a ton of resources, ton of people who are super willing to help you. So, right. So the biggest piece is like, you got to find the land for the right price, just like with any deal, you, the, the very first purchase has got to make sense. And then you're not planning to make money right at the beginning. So you're more like long-term, right. Crunching the numbers long-term versus like, you know, when you buy an apartment building, you need to cash flow. At least you would like to cash flow from the very beginning. Otherwise, you know, it's maybe not as good of an investment. 
So um, that's awesome. Right, that. exactly. <laughs> cool. Um, what else? So I like to talk about like a breakthrough, you know, like in your career for real estate. So is there any time or anything that you would say kind of like, like helped you just like take the next step to like really ramp things up with your, your business? I feel like for you, you're still working full time. So, you know, it may, may be a little different versus somebody who was maybe part time and then went full time in real estate. But do you have anything that you could talk on? Yeah, so I, I am still part time in real estate. I'm hopefully going to go full time next year. Um, breakthrough, I think it's just so hard because kind of how I describe like someone who might be like learning about development for the first time or learning how to flip a house, like kind of little by little. I feel like my journey has been so like, like there's so much that I've done, like flipping homes, single family buy and holds, like now development, multifamily. So, like, I don't know that I ever felt like there was a breakthrough. I just feel like I'm always learning. So like, cause I like where I'm at currently right now, the biggest thing on my mind is that 27 unit and that's all I'm doing. And I feel like this could be a breakthrough, but I remember feeling like this on my very first flip. I'm like, okay, like if I just do this, if I just do this. And I also felt like that when I closed my very first apartment complex, cause I set a goal that I wanted to get into commercial and I was like, I'm going to buy eight units, eight. And it was so outrageous to me to think. And then it was 23 and I'm like, oh, okay. So that's a breakthrough. But then it was like so much easier once I got to close, like after, like, I was like, wow, that was, that was really not as bad as I thought it was going to be. So now I'm going to try to find that again. And so then, but then since then I've kind of pivoted because I was like, all these deals are terrible, especially compared to what I just paid for that 23. It's like, I'm, I bought it like insanely well. So I, I, I don't know. I think it's kind of like just educating yourself enough to know that you're doing the right thing and you're making good decisions. You're not being emotional, but then, you know, whole, I don't know, maybe it'll be a breakthrough. I'm not sure. I mean, I feel like a lot of them have happened so far, so we'll see. I'll keep you posted. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah dude, keep me posted. I mean, that's awesome. I, I would agree. I feel like obviously this development, that's, that's another milestone. Um, I would imagine for anyone um, in real estate, but that's uh that's really cool. So for those people like who may be out there at their nine to five job or wanting to get started in real estate, um, are are there is there any like advice that you would uh, give them to to get started? Yeah, so I think it really my advice would depend on where they're at. Like, so if it's someone who just wants to get into real estate in general. I would say to like figure out what you want to focus on in real estate and then educate yourself on just that. Cause what I see a lot of times when people want to get into it, you know, you obviously have your full-time job, so you're busy those 40 hours, but then outside of that, when they're trying to network, they're like saying yes, yes, yes to everything. Do you want to wholesale? Yes. Do you want to rent? Yes. Do you want to do this? Yes. And it's like, what I found was the people who say, no, I'm not so into wholesaling. I'm really only looking for buy and hold single family. Then they only find those people, right? Versus like, if you're trying to just get into it and getting everything that anyone is saying, it's so hard. So you really just got to focus. Um, at least that's where I've seen the most success for people around me and myself um, is just to focus on the one thing and to figure that out. I think you just have to go back to your goals. So for instance, for me, I have pivoted so many times in my real estate journey because my goals continue to change. At first, my goal was to flip a home because I wanted to get a large lump sum of cash 
to pay off my student debt. I decided to go back to school and get my doctorate. So I was like, crap, how am I going to get $100,000? I better flip a couple houses. And so I did. Then once I did that, I was like, man, I am on site all the time. This is a lot of work. As you know, I, I was gutting these places to the ground. And so I was like, I really would like to have a little bit more of my time back now that I've paid off my debt. And so then I was like, well, single family buy and hold. I'm going to buy rentals in the area that I like and rent to people like me. And then I was like, man, why, why am I doing this much work for just one or two doors? Let's buy an apartment. And then I was like, geez, it's too expensive to buy all these things. People are asking an outrageous amount. So I'm going to create the product. So it was just kind of like, you know, one thing after another. I don't know if that's a great answer or not. That's but. amazing. I, I absolutely <laughs> love that answer because it's like, it's a stepping stone. You started here with the, this goal, you shattered that goal. And then it's just onto the next one, onto the next one, onto the next one. Now you're, yeah. now you're like developing and then you were in Vegas, what, last month or two months ago, looking at apartment buildings. Is that right? Yeah, well, I don't know that that was really the goal of that trip, but of course, now that is a tough market. I will say, geez, you guys over there is like, whew. you are not kidding. Yeah, I've looked at some fourplexes out here, and the numbers just don't quite add up when I'm looking in the Midwest versus out here. So, um, I like my Midwest, right? For sure. <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> cool. So let's see here. What's the future uh, hold for, for Kimberly? Like what's, wh what is your long term? I know you are stepping up every time you're leveling up, but what's the, what's the future hold? Geez, that's such a hard question. And I always hate that question, especially like when I'm in a mindset, like I am now, cause I'm so focused on like, what is tomorrow? Like, how am I going to get to Monday? Like, I'm like, okay, did everything happen before end of day today? So then I'm not wasting the weekend until Monday. So like future, um, I hope to develop these 37 units from the ground up and I hope to convert this 27 unit into 18 successfully. Um, I see that happening, both of those actually simultaneously within the next two years. So if I did that, that would put me over my 100 unit mark, which was my goal for a while. So that would be exciting. Um, yeah, I mean, I would like to continue to build my portfolio here in Indianapolis, um, but I'd also like to branch out. I love Vegas. People hate on me for it, but I love Vegas so much. I would love to have property there. Um, I love Tampa. I love the Tampa market a lot. Um, I looked at a couple deals in Austin, Texas. I love Austin. Um, so we'll see. But right now, I think I really just want to focus on what I know really well, and that's Indianapolis. And so I'm just kind of gonna go, you know, head first right into that and see where it goes. I love it. So focusing on the one thing, that's the best advice ever. It's the simplest thing ever, right? Like you're focusing on the task at hand, but so many people get distracted. It's so, so easy to lose focus, but um, you'll have to tell me what you're looking for out here in, in Las Vegas. I may, I may be able to be some eyes for you out here. Yeah, for sure. I would definitely love that because everything I've looked at so far is like really, really, gosh, what was, I walked a, it was like 86 a door just north of the strip, like right behind the winds. I was like, oh, this is a great location. And it was like D class, like mm -hmm. D class. I was like, oh my God. And it was an 86 a door property. I was like, are they insane? I wouldn't even pay half of what they wanted. Was it on the strip or, or what? Like it wasn't on the strip. It was just behind. So okay. if you're looking at the northmost end, the wind is always popping up on the map. It was just just barely northeast of there, like in this little area. 
But like the second you get there and I pulled in, I was like, ooh, I don't know. Should I be getting out of my Maybe car? Stay in the car, right? <laughs> yeah, I so hear you. Yeah. But I have hope. Everyone hates on me for that, but I just love it so much. <laughs> yeah, you'll find something eventually. It'll be worth it. So um that's awesome so was was the place i'm curious was the place that you were looking at was it even like great shape or was it just like okay did you have to do any renovation to it oh my god that place could get knocked down i mean it was horrible oh wow it was not good i mean it was like a straight up d class like i was standing there i was like people live here like currently like it's occupied it was it was not good (laughs) that is wild jeez yeah All right. Well, I know it's a Friday evening and I don't want to keep you forever. Um, So before I ask the next question, I just want to say anyone who's currently watching, if you have any questions that you would like to ask Kimberly, um, do that right now uh, so we can get those questions answered for you. But um, any while while people are thinking for the questions, any last thoughts um, to leave uh, listeners with? Last thoughts. I always try to give a different one. So I'm going to try to cater it as much to W2 workers as possible. Love it. Um, I would say just keep your goals at the top of mind all the time, because kind of like what we talked about before, it's so easy for people to get distracted and kind of just like lost in like the next task or like, oh, this person said this. And so I'm going to do this. And then before you know it, you're just like doing all these things. And then it's always super important to step back and be like, do those tasks actually have to get done? Like if you never did that, would that really like affect your business? Like, what is your goal? What are you working towards? Like, are you going down a path that is going to continue to get you there? Um, You know, so sometimes it's better to leave money on the line. Right. I mean, like I, I would have loved to buy like at least 10 homes that I've seen single family, but like, instead I'm now sending it to like all my friends, like, Hey, someone needs to buy this cause it's a killer deal. Cause I just really wanted to stay focused on my apartments. I was like, Nope, I need to do just my apartments. If I did this house, is it getting me closer? Maybe I can argue that and spin it that way. But no, my goal is apartments, multifamily development period. And I'm so glad because now I would have never been able to do a this development or be this 27 unit. There's no way I would have ever been able to have the finances for that if I kept buying these single family homes and it really would have held me back. So just keeping your goals at the top of mind and just remembering, always just do a goal audit. Remember what you're working for and know that you can do it and you can get there. Just make sure you surround yourself with the right people and listen to the people who give you advice of if they are where you would want to be. Like make sure that you're not taking advice from you know, the, if whoever's read rich dad, poor dad, like the poor dads, you know, I had to make some tough decisions and kind of push some close people away from me, you know, to not listen to them and not get myself in a, not a growth mindset when I'm making certain decisions so that I continue on my path. So that's I love it. it. That's great. I mean, that's amazing advice. So um, since you mentioned it, rich dad, poor dad, obviously that's a book that a lot of people get started with in real estate, but um I usually ask, uh, what like is there a book that you would recommend that you that really helped you in your journey? Yeah, there sure is. Um, so there is a book called Skip the Flip by Hayden Crabtree. So Hayden, um, he's a friend of mine that I met actually in Austin at an event. Um, and he is he's only 24 years old and he wrote this book. And wow. I swear at least six of my friends off the top of my head have read it. 
and it like changed their life. Like they're like, whoa, what? And I read it just recently because I just met him last June at the event and I read it and I even learned some things. So I think it's good for people who are just beginning to break a lot of things down to simple understandable levels, but then also he breaks down really complicated concepts too. And he presents it in a way that's really easy to digest. So um, I would definitely recommend it. Skip the flip by Hayden Crabtree. Hayden Crabtree. That's amazing. A 24 year old writing a book about, I, I imagine it's about his flipping experience, right? Flipping houses. Uh, you know, he, he talks about a lot of different stuff. So he's actually a mostly self storage investor. Um, and he just kind of talks about how he got started and just, but he, he touches on flips. He touches on everything and he breaks it down and like, just shows you what all of the numbers would be if you take everything into account. Like for instance, something a lot of people don't take into account for a single family rental is, um, your vacancy and your turn costs. So, you know, people are thinking, oh, I'll make $200 a month if I rent this out, but then it's like, okay, well, one month of vacancy kills a lot of that. And one little repair kills a lot of that. And if you're painting the walls or replacing the floor, like, geez, I have a rental that I just spent $4,000 on and it was only 1500 square feet. And that was a very typical turn. So, you know, th those are things that he kind of breaks down as like, Hey, listen, like here, here's actually what you're looking at. So definitely. It's not right. All HGTV, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kimberly. I, I didn't see really anyone uh, asking questions in there, but I'm sure, you know, after the fact they will, but um, none the least, I want to keep it, you know, respect your time. So um, the last thing that I have for you is where can people learn more about you? Yeah, for sure. So you guys can follow me on Instagram. I'm at Kimberly Marie 920 um, or my flip page, Red Door Renovation, or you guys can shoot me an email at Kim at reddoorrenovation.com. Awesome. I can't wait to uh, see where your journey ends up and uh, everyone needs to check out Kimberly on social media. She's got some awesome stuff on there. So um, until next time, thank you for tuning in and thanks for uh, joining us. Kimberly, appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much. Appreciate it.